Welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I am speaking with Kristin from the podcast Holidays After Dark. Hey, Kristin, thanks for speaking with me today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. How is everything? Yeah, busy springtime. I feel like the warmer it gets in the year, usually the busier I am, which is good, especially when I'm longing for the holidays past because the Halloween and Christmas seasons are my favorite and the rest of the year is kind of just a placeholder until that time again. So yeah, it's I like to stay busy the rest of the year, but yeah, it's getting warmer and um, podcast business as usual. You've beaten me to the crunch there. I was about to say that you've got a long way until your two favorite holiday seasons, which are Halloween and Christmas. Yeah, it's unfortunately long, but it'll be here before I know it. And I do enjoy diving into the more like, not necessarily obscure, but the smaller holidays that happen like in the spring and summer, because I have found that I've learned a lot about those holidays through researching them more because prior to the podcast, like, you know, some things like Memorial Day or even Mother's Day or Father's Day, I never really considered the history of those days. I just grew up with them in my world and you know did our traditions or whatever but didn't really look into it further so it's a good it's a good opportunity and excuse to actually dive into some holidays that I brushed off in a previous life well before we touch on that I'm guessing that you're a fan of A Nightmare Before Christmas then because that's that's the perfect film because it can either be a Halloween film or a Christmas film you can keep going back to it for that that period Oh, absolutely. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, I had a cat uh, who was alive for almost 14 years and her name was Jack after Jack Skellington. And yeah, that's you kind of nailed it as to why I love that movie, because it spans into both holidays. Uh, I know people always ask, like, is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? I like to say that it's both. And then I do watch it for both holiday seasons. So it's like double, double the fun. So why? why stick it in one category when you can just have it for both holidays? But I, yeah, I absolutely love the style. I love the story. I love the music. I love everything about it. So you nailed it. As a fan of musicals, it's it's, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, in passing, I'll just say, I don't know why, but you mentioned the cat, the cat. And that reminded me of I had as a guest uh, the the artist uh, Todd Purse. I don't know if you know him, but he does a show called Create Magic, and he talks about the artwork that he creates every day. So he does a podcast okay. every day. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. Hey, wow. That's dedication. <laughs> but he was saying to me, and he said on one of his shows, that one of his young, one of his sons, Teddy, he, uh, before, I think, before he was born or something, I think, I can't remember the story completely, but before he was born, they owned a cat who passed away before Teddy was born. And then uh, a few years down the line, I think, Teddy was talking or, or something, and he, and he walked in, and he goes, oh, you know, I mean, Todd, great guy, he'll just, you know, because he's creative, he'll just, he just walks in, he goes, oh, Teddy, who are you talking to? And then he mentions who he's talking to. And the name that he mentions is that cat who passed away before he'd been born? Oh wow! So hey, that's there a, you go. That's a, a bit of a potentially spooky story. Yeah, there for you. absolutely. And I've included a few people's ghost stories on my show, so that sounds perfect. Yep, ghost cat. There you go. Yeah, I love it. I I always kind of hope, uh, and I think I've I think I talked about it in a previous episode or maybe an interview I did at some point that there have been a few times after my cat died that I kind of like thought that maybe I'd had a weird ghostly interaction, just like finding stuff left around the house that had no other explanation of why it would be there type thing. So I'm all for ghost cats. Love it. 
So what is the history of the show then? So the history of the show, I've been doing it for a little over a year now. And basically why I decided to start doing it, uh, there were a couple different reasons. So I've been listening to podcasts obsessively since like 2018, because that's when I got into um, a job where I was at a desk and needed entertainment during the day. It was kind of a solitary job a lot of the time. So I found my I found podcasters like listening to podcasts and the people that were hosting them almost became like my work time friends in a way <laughs> like I would look forward to hearing those familiar voices at work. Um, and so I just loved podcasts, kind of considered, oh, it could be fun to do one myself. And then also through I'm very big on like positive mental health stuff. I work in kind of a stressful job. Um, and so one day my coworkers and I were like brainstorming about ideas on how to not let work stress, you know, go over into your personal life. And I'm kind of known for like kind of being the jokester of the group at work and telling, you know, crazy. Your sound is gone. I think it, yeah, I think it just yeah. came back. It said there okay. was a feedback loop. I'm sorry about that. So let, let, let's reiterate what you were saying then go back to what you're saying yeah sure so one day at work my co-workers and I were kind of brainstorming ideas on how to not let the work stress seep over into our personal lives and kind of from my history in the office of telling jokes and telling stories to my co-workers at lunch one of my co-workers actually said I think you'd be great at hosting a podcast and I was okay. like well it's funny funny you say that because I had actually been considering it. So that kind of gave me the motivation that I needed to actually sit down and think of an idea. Where I got the idea from is really the two things in life that I really love the most, which are holidays and then weird stuff. <laughs> so whether it's, you know, kind of alternate, my alternative gothic type side um, or just liking the strange and unusual, um, usually the in any category, whether it's music, movies, clothes, like the the vanilla boring side has never really been my thing. I always kind of have an edge uh, if I can. And so I was kind of like, okay, let's combine those two elements and create Holidays After Dark, which is a name that I believe I thought of in the shower one day. Um, so Best then, ideas. <laughs> exactly. My prime thinking space. Um, so then once I had the basic concept, I worked on it over the course of a few months before I actually released the first episode, because I really had no idea what I was doing as far as getting a microphone distribution, putting the whole show together. So then after a few months of planning, I started with Valentine's Day in 2020. I'm sorry, in 2022 okay. <laughs> 2020 is too too long ago <laughs> but yes valentine's day of 2022 it feels like a long time sometimes but then it doesn't in other ways oh absolutely yeah you that's absolutely correct some sometimes i feel like oh man i feel like i've been doing this for years and years and then i'm like oh no this is you know the like only the second mother's day episode that i wrote or only the second whatever St. Patrick's Day or whatever the holiday is. But yeah, it makes it that much more exciting because I know I have that much more ahead of me. So no plans to stop. So you've so far had two lots of Valentine's, two lots of Mardi Gras, I'm guessing as well. Uh, I actually did not do a Mardi Gras episode last year. So this was this was the first one. That, uh, then that was actually came as a recommendation. Um, one, one of my listeners said that they would really like to hear a Mardi Gras episode. So I was like, okay, it's not it's not really a holiday that I've ever celebrated much in my personal life. But um, I really enjoyed learning more about it. And I'm hoping to go to New Orleans for the first time, potentially this year, if not sometime soon. So it definitely got me in the mood to do that. I'm wondering if I'd rather be at the sidelines watching people celebrate as opposed to being in the midst of thousands of people in a crowd personally. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't want to go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. I want to go to New Orleans uh, like in the fall or something just to see 
Um, Because I've heard that there's a lot of, you know, witchcraft, voodoo. Like, I love Salem, Massachusetts uh, for all the witchcraft stuff. And I've heard that it's kind of like the closest thing you can get to Salem without actually being in Salem. Um, And since I've been to Salem multiple times, I definitely feel like I need to check out New Orleans now. As much as they used poetic license in it, uh, factually, uh, one of my favourite Bond films is probably Live and Let Die, where it's got all the voodoo elements and those those sort of elements in it, and that's something that attracts me to that film, I think. Oh, sure. And one of my favourite representations, like you said, there's lots of creative license, but um, American Horror Story, the coven season, which took place in New Orleans, and I loved all the the historical elements that they used in that too. So. Yeah, very cool. So, um, I mean, really, this, 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 what I'm about to say, number number two on the list, sort of goes with number six as well. So, the choosing of subjects and then the research and is it well? So, how do you choose the subjects? What is your research like? And then, how do you script the show essentially? Sure. So the research is kind of all over the place. I mean, I usually just start with the internet and I have kind of some search terms that I have found are effective at finding the information that I want, finding ideas. So I'll just, you know, let's say we're talking about uh, 4th of July or Independence Day. Um, I would Google, you know, tragedies that occurred on Independence Day or weird facts about Independence Day or Um, kind of, and I kind of have it in my head, like ahead of time, if I want to, you know, do something true crime related, or if I want to focus more on history, or if there's, you know, some sort of ghost story associated with it, or just like a bunch of weird facts about the holiday that no one knew. So I usually kind of have it in my head, because I try not to do like, you know, three true crime episodes in a row or whatever, I try to switch it up. So I kind of have my base idea. And then, yeah, I just throw in those those keywords into my search terms like weird, unusual, tragic, unknown. Um, and then I usually start seeing some stuff on Google, which is a good starting place. Um, I've also used physical books that I have that I already have in my own personal library as research. Um, I have degrees in criminal justice, so I know a lot about true crime. I've been true crime obsessed um, for years and years. Um, I've also, just due to my love of alternative stuff, for example, when I did my Valentine's Day episode this year about vampires, I had taken a class in college where we actually studied vampires, and I still had the entire book that we used in that class. (laughs) And so I pulled from that book Um, and I've pulled from other books as well for other episodes Um, so yeah it's mostly online research like physical in-person research I always take recommendations from friends family listeners if there's a topic that they think that they'd want to hear I love it when people send me like a direct link to a story idea um, because then I know I'm you know doing what the listeners want um, and so, yeah, then I just go through and kind of think to myself, what what would keep the uh, listeners interested, make my choices of what I'm going to talk about in that episode. And then when I go to script it, um, I usually do a little split screen on my monitor and we'll have the research articles pulled up on one half and then a blank document pulled up on the other half. And then I literally just sit there going back and forth between my research articles and my script and I just type it out and I try to type it out as close to how I would actually speak um, because I try my hardest to not sound like I'm reading from a script um, which I feel like I've gotten better at the longer that I do it but yeah I just sit there and then once I've used up all my research putting it in my own words and whatever I read through the script a few times and then I record Yep, I was going to go somewhere there and I forgot completely where I was going to go. Um, what was it with um yep, number one with the with the scripting. I have a problem with that where uh it's been I've been I've had it mentioned to me before when I've actually had something written out 
exact. Actually, somebody's pointed out to me and said, you do know that you actually sound like you're reading a script. <laughs> and it's very difficult to make an actual script sound as if it's just natural sure. coming out of you. Sure. Yeah, I think it's definitely a learned skill. My thing is because just due to my just the nature of my life and whatever, I knew that it was going to be a solo show. Um, I haven't even gone into the world of interviews yet. I'm kind of slowly starting to creep that way and coming up with some ideas of people that I would want to interview. But I was kind of afraid that if I just like left myself to my own devices to talk freely with no script, that it might end up being a little bit all over the place or whatever. And so for me, it's what works the best. Um, but yeah, I can absolutely see how it, it it's not always easy. <laughs> so and then from there, you do the recording and editing. How do you do that? So I do not do any of the editing, uh, thankfully. Um, so my sister um, has known how to do all that type of stuff for a long time now. It's what, you know, her degrees are in filmmaking and um, she knows how to edit sound and video and all that stuff. Um, I honestly don't know the first thing about it. Um, and I'm very glad that I've never had to learn because I've heard from other podcasters who do all their own editing that it's like the most time consuming part of the process. Um yeah. And so, yeah, I do my recording in my little closet that I'm in now. Um, and then as soon as I'm done recording, I go through, I timestamp all the places that I made mistakes and then re-recorded that mistake um, so that when she's editing, she can just easily go through to those times and cut them out. Um, and then I send over the music that I would like to use in the episode and she can insert that. Uh, wherever she creatively sees fit and then she sends it back to me when she's done editing it I listen to it to make sure that I you know agree with all the choices and that it sounds good um, and then whenever um, I kind of give it the green flag then I upload it for release so yeah it's thankfully once the scripting and recording is done my portion is pretty much pretty much good to go on it I don't want to make anyone envious with this, but the show that I um, going behind the curtain and get putting the curtain away again here. The the show that I did earlier with Graham Class, who is the chap behind Classic Studios, who does daily dad jokes and all those shows that AI basically they're all AI presented. Okay, I've actually finished that episode today and posted it up on my Patreon, and it's the first time I've been able to actually put an episode out with no edits whatsoever that's impressive that's that's and setting a high bar i don't think <laughs> i'll ever do i'll do that again for a long time yeah it was like your pinnacle of of ease that's, and now it's, it's all never downhill gonna... from here exactly <laughs> <laughs> too funny so the the show music as well and the sound that sounds that you have in the background. I mean, what were they sort? Is that your sister as well that does that? The the sources oh, the music and me. the sound. You've you've frozen me. Can you hear me? Hello. Are we back? Oh, you're back. We're back. Oh dear. Do you know? I've just oh. jinxed myself by saying that about that episode. <laughs> You froze like right after you said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well. Dear. If, I, if I knew how to do, if I knew how to edit video, that would be perfect. Just yeah. put that in as a video out online. Yeah. <laughs> never jinx yourself. So, oh, what was I going to say? So yeah, is the is the show music and the the sound any sounds that you have in the background? Are they sourced by your sister that does the that does the editing? Uh, no. So I actually find those on a website um, that I pay a subscription for called Upbeat. It's yep. U-P-P-B-E-A-T. Um, it's a very cheap uh, subscription service. And when you pay that subscription monthly, you then get access to their entire catalog. And it's mostly, I'm under the impression that it's mostly artists who make them their music and their sound effects for the intention of putting them on that website. And then I assume they get some sort of sort of back end royalty from the subscription payments. And then in turn, 
you can use their music without having to worry about copyright issues or anything of that nature. Because that was definitely the one thing that I didn't want to risk was using you know, music that some artist would hear it three years from now and demand that the episode be removed from existence. So Upbeat is absolutely great. Like I said, it's very cheap, very affordable. Um, And they just, they have tons of really good stuff on there. So I basically just go on and uh, search around and find some options that I think would fit. And then I send it uh, along with the episode recording. And then she you know, makes the creative choices of where to place the music and which ones to actually use. Well, it's good that because then you are using, uh, go, actually, that was where I was going to go to early. Uh, you are using your own and your sister's own individual creativity to to a really, you know, to a really good level there. So you're doing one form of creativity and your sister's using her creative side to do that side of it as well. So it's a really good marriage of the two of you together. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And I mean, obviously, like, because it is my show and because I obviously don't have the means to pay anyone that helps me out, including her, you know, I do want to take on as much of it as I can. Um, So, yeah, I enjoy being able to basically, you know, have a say, contribute, um, just hopefully make it as easy as possible since... Um, podcasting is not a high paying job. Well, well, no, no, for most people, it's a non paying job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you, you buy a coffee every now and again and probably, you know, something to eat at a coffee bar, I would have thought. Oh, yeah. No, it's people definitely, if you're in it for the money, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And then if you are not in it for the money, that's when you'll get enjoyment out of it, is what I believe. Yep, pick a subject that you love and just talk about it and eventually the people will come who are the same as you. Exactly. If you feel passionate about it, you have to be your own show's number one fan is kind of how I believe. Um, And if you feel that way about your show, then in due time, other people will too. But, um, I mean, what what is feedback like for your show? Do you get get some really good feedback from from people? Because, I mean, I know that me and me and yourself are both mutual. We have a mutual friend with um, the the Holly Jolly X Masu host, um, and so I mean, what is the feedback like? Do you do you get lots of it, and is it really good feedback? Um, yeah, I love getting feedback, and I do. I am lucky enough that I feel like I get a fair amount of it. Um, not just not only just from friends and family, which I mean is great. I still love that. Over you know a year into it, I still have people in my personal life who text me after each episode and tell me how they felt about it and what they liked about it and um, whatever. So that's always nice. But then also just from strangers too. Um, and then also like, it's just been such a good way to connect with people. I've been like in various places throughout the country for travel and whatever. And if the podcast comes up in conversation and then they start listening to it, I've actually made some like genuine friends basically from the topic of the podcast. And then they started listening to it. And then we just started chatting from there and kind of developed a friendship. So that's always nice to know that you connected with people over something that you created. And then also some of the best feedback has been like from the other podcasters, like from the podcasting community. I never imagined that people would be so supportive. You kind of think like, oh, is everyone just going to be like, you know, wanting to promote their own show, but not interested in anyone else's and kind of like a competition or something. But from my experience, it has not been that way at all. Like every, yeah, every podcaster I've ever had a conversation with or been on their show or whatever, it's been nothing but kindness and helpful hints and nice feedback. Um, And just everyone's been so welcoming. So it's been, it's been a great community to be a part of. And I love hearing, hearing their feedback. Yeah, it's strange because you, you could be speaking with people who do a podcast that's similar in some ways. And they're warm and welcoming. They actually offer advice and are very helpful. And there's none of that there where you would think that in in most other industries, it's competition. You know, it's like 
two films, Armageddon and Deep Impact, were both about the same subject and they compete against each other. But in the podcasting world, you don't find that that much. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. I thought it was going to be, like you said, if you if you found someone who was doing a remotely similar topic to you, that they would be like, you know, that's my space. Like, what are you doing competing with me? Like, I already cover this topic, um, but it's just been really it's like there's room for all of us. You know, <laughs> most of us are just doing this to have fun and have a fun hobby. And because it, you know, maybe helps us in some way in our lives or gives us something productive to do so it's just nice that there's none of that like petty like you know like you mentioned in Hollywood like yeah. everyone's giving each other the side eye at award shows and stuff like I feel like if there were you know big time podcast award shows it would be pretty a pretty welcoming space there are some podcast award shows but oh yeah not quite Oscars but- level but we'll get there We'll get there eventually. We will. Yes. What I was going to mention earlier that I remembered that I'd forgotten was when you were talking about different holidays and you mentioned, you know, uh, 4th of July, Independence Day. And that reminded me of, I heard on another show, they were speaking about that. And there's an interesting story there because essentially 4th of July isn't when the independence actually happened. That's just a date that's given to it. And there's all these little facts about these holidays and these festivities that are really interesting. Where When you go to the fact and find out the truth, it's not quite the way that it's put over. Oh, yeah, you could could not be more correct on that. You end up finding that so many of our holidays are kind of arbitrary and kind of like, well, we just picked a day because we needed one, but we actually think that, you know, the historical event happened here, but we don't really know. So we just picked a day sort of thing. Or you just find, you know, something that looks shiny on the surface is actually rooted in tragedy and uh, maybe we shouldn't celebrate it the way that we do. It definitely makes you question kind of, um, for example, I have a Cinco de Mayo episode um, out and, you know, Cinco de Mayo is coming up on Friday and everyone, you know, at least in the United States is just, you know, all about eating Mexican food and parties and drinking. But if you if you research the roots of Cinco de Mayo, like I talked about in my episode, it's actually very dark and rooted in, war and bloodshed and even in Mexico they don't really celebrate it the way that we do because for them it's a tragic event so us Americans kind of adopted it and just turned it into an excuse to party but it definitely makes you reconsider some things it's strange looking at it from the outside actually Cinco de Mayo because because it's a bit like uh it's a bit like a cross between um Halloween and Mardi Gras, in a sense, it almost looks like that. I don't know if that's what it's actually like itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because of a lot of, you see a lot of like the Day of the Dead type masks come yeah. out and all the colors and de- like decorations and costumes. And I mean, in its essence, it doesn't, it's not really that similar to Halloween, but I can absolutely see on the surface, it kind of looks that way. Um, so yeah, it's a very, that's, that was one of the most interesting ones to research because I was like, wow, um, we, and, and also people think that it's Mexican Independence Day, which that's not the case at all either. So (laughs) that comes in like September or October, I think. Um, so we just have it, we have it all wrong here. (laughs) Yeah. History, people don't understand it sometimes. Yeah. So, um, so then the, the show, the artwork for the show that comes as the uh, as like the the little you know when you when you put the show on the the player and you have this artwork, how did that come about? Is that yourself? No, so that's also from my sister. She created that um, before my first episode ever came out um, because I definitely wanted to go into it with you know a set logo so that people would maybe start having some recognition of it from day one. Um, So that was literally just her. I don't remember. I don't remember if she used Photoshop or what exact tool that she used. Um, But I kind of had come up with some baseline ideas, some things I wanted to include. I wanted it to have elements of multiple holidays, but then also have a little bit of an edginess to it, of course, because of the theme of the show. Um, So I sent some 
you know, sample images of inspiration that I thought she could pull from. And then she whipped, she actually whipped that up. Like, I think that was like the first one that she ever sent me. And I was like, wow, this is pretty much perfect. And then with a little bit of tweaking, um, I'm thinking about getting shirts made soon. It's long overdue. Um, I've had a few people ask for them over the past year. So that's kind of my next endeavor. But yeah, it's that again, I can't take any credit for that. Um, it's a skill that I don't really know. I definitely would have had to like hire it out um, otherwise or something. But yeah, that's how that came to be. So are there any hidden tales or things around seasonal, around holidays that have really intrigued you and have really stood out among all those that you've uh, dis- that you've talked about so far? Sure. So a couple are, I loved learning more about La Bafana, the Christmas witch. Um, yeah. I had always kind of heard of her, but I enjoyed being able to read more about it and um, like kind of how it brings in elements of Halloween themes to Christmas time um, and just kind of how different, you know, countries, different regions have different interpretations of her. And in some areas, like she's actually depicted as being quite scary, um, which I can appreciate. Um, So I loved being able to include that. That was like a day one idea for me waiting to the Christmas season to talk about. Um, Also another episode, I talked about a true story about a guy was on my Santa Swindler episode, um, which came out, I believe in November, early December of this past year. I think it was my first Christmas episode. Um, This real life guy who basically, you know, ran this charity in New York City, um, kind of posing as Santa Claus and claiming to be this huge, you know, charity driven guy and wanted to help the children. But it turns out he was just a complete con artist and was scamming everyone over. And that was drawn from a book that I had read years ago um, called The Santa Claus Man. Um, And I still have it on my shelf. And I was just trying to think of Christmas ideas and it just struck me. And I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. Um, And so that's one of my like favorite, um, even though it's not necessarily the happiest story, but I just New York in that era and how the whole thing worked and, you know, people's view of the Santa Claus thing and wanting to do good. But then ultimately, because of this one guy, it um, kind of all got ruined and whatever. So that was one of my favorite things to talk about as well. It's almost as though when you started the show uh, back in February of last year, it's almost as though and I don't know if this is right or not, but it's almost though as you were going throughout the year, you were looking forward to the Halloween to Christmas period because you had all these ideas because they're the two favourites of yours, seasons of yours or holidays. It, did, did you already have those ideas well ahead of those times and you would just add all those ideas, like I said, ahead of time? Oh, absolutely. And that was the only bad thing, or at least bad thing to me at the time, um, is when I thought of the podcast idea was in like November of 21. And so I was like, okay, it's too late now. By the time I, you know, get all the equipment and figure out what I'm doing and get my domain name and everything that I had to do in preparation, it's going to be too late. I'm not just going to rush and push out something just for the sake of doing it. So I knew that based on the timing that those episodes would be almost a full year out. But yeah, like from day one, I had notes of, okay, I'm going to talk about this at Halloween. I'm going to talk about Christmas, this at Christmas. And then I just kind of set it aside. And then thankfully, when I started writing those episodes later in the year, I had all these pre-built ideas. But um, in another way, I think it was for the better because it gave me, you know, eight to nine months of like practice basically. And not that I consider all of those episodes to be practice. I mean, I do hope that they're good on their own. Um, I do. And I do like that by the time I got into the heavy hitters per se, that I had already been doing it, maybe built up like a little bit of a following. Um, And then, you know, my Halloween and Christmas episodes were the most successful ones that I've done so far by far. Um, which I kind of figured because a lot of people 
you have to be a pretty big holiday enthusiast to want to talk about holidays all the time. (laughs) Whereas I feel like in the Halloween and Christmas seasons, people who ignore holidays the rest of the year finally get into it then. So it was an expected spike, but it was also a welcome spike just because I can't get enough of all that, the holiday stuff around then. It it's it's funny because uh so I've spoken with Scott from Holly Jolly X Masu. I've spoken with Wayne who does the Christmas alphabet, and he's not been on my show, but I've had chats with Brian Earl who does Christmas past. And they've all said that even though they do shows that are that come out throughout the year, it's that period they're saying where suddenly they'll get an enormous spike because it's the festive season. Uh, so they they get the same sort of thing as you do, where suddenly you'll get loads more, a lot more listens in that, say, November, December, and the first couple of weeks of January will be enormous in comparison with the rest of the year. Absolutely. And Christmas past, Brian Ar- with Brian Earl was one of my original holiday podcasts that I started listening to. Absolutely fantastic and definitely a big inspiration for me. And then, yeah, Scott is amazing. And I've included one of his ghost stories on one of my episodes. And um, and what's nice about this, the holiday season spike is that I then did see, you know, that some of those listeners then have stuck, have continued listening. And even though it, it does drop, you know, a little bit, it is nice to see that not not everyone said, OK, bye. Now the season is over. I'm never going to listen to you again. Like some people out of that group are actually appearing to make the effort to continue listening. So I greatly appreciate that. I'd like to think that they also went back and listened to the shows that were not just about Christmas and the new year and that sort of Thanksgiving and that sort of year. Yeah. And I think I can see some evidence of that too. So that's also very much um, welcomed. And um, like I said, I want to entertain people all year, even if we are just, kind of counting the days until until the good parts. <laughs> yep. So this next bit that I've got, uh, I think I've got a bit poetic with this, with this what I've put, because I put the darkness and the light. And the whole <laughs> thing is that what I love about it is, is that you're looking at some, a lot of seasons can be seen as, as light because it's like a time for people get together, this and, and all this and the other. But there's something really dare I say, fun and entertaining about looking at almost the darker side of those, the of these these periods in the year, these seasons. And that's what your show really goes into in a big way is that, you know, that th- that is it. And that's why I put the darkness and the light. But yeah, there is a certain dare I say fun element to looking into those those areas. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I'm a big believer in life that you, you know, not to get too deep, but I do believe that you have to have opposites. Like you can't feel true happiness without sadness. You can't see the true light of something without also looking at the darkness because nothing exists in a vacuum. Nothing is one-sided. No matter how shiny and bright and happy something might seem on the surface, there's a a guarantee that there's something underneath that is quite different from that. And so that's what I wanted to do with the holidays because, you know, I feel like so many times with holidays, people just, you know, are on their best behavior. They wear their best clothes. Like, okay, let's not cause any family drama, even if we all hate each other, like (laughs) um, that kind of stuff. And so it's kind of like taking away that facade that we see on holidays, which I get it. There's a time and place and a reason why we do that. Um, And it's, you know, I love all of those elements too. I love the happy and the cute and whatever, but I like seeing the depth within something because then those holidays are more complex. They have more meaning. They're more interesting. So even if it's talking about, you know, a triple quadruple homicide that happened on Easter, it's like, well, that's, that's the reality of someone's Easter. You know, did they, did they want that? No, no one wants that. Um, But it is something to always keep in mind, you know, when the rest of us are having our happy meals with our families on the holiday, 
there are, you know, events occurring in the world that maybe aren't so happy. Um, and to me, it just makes me that much more grateful for, you know, the good holidays and appreciative of the good things. Um, but then also, yeah, just on a lighter note, because I just love weird stuff and I love reading about, you know, crazy things or, oh my God, I can't believe that actually happened or, you know, the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Or like, I didn't know there was a New Year's Day massacre, but it turns out there was. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, you know, I can't change history. So I feel like the least that we can do is, you know, study it and um, learn about it and learn from it um, and have a little fun with it in the meantime. But there's certain, I mean, there are times, um, I'm trying to think, what, what what do we call it? But there's certain times where you have events that are that people look at or take part in. Um, it's a bit like when we, um, I can't remember what, do we, you know, it's completely lost. I've completely lost what it's called now. But we, we have something in this country or something where we look back to people who, who fell was it the Battle of the Somme or whatever with the poppies? And so we have, um, yeah, but we have that. But what that is essentially is it's a day where you look at those people who who gave themselves, and that's the reason why we are in the situation we are now. They they took us past this awful thing that was going on, this battle, this war, and all these things, and it makes us think of people. It's added to now. They've got people. You make they make you think of people who died in World War One, World War Two, and all the wars essentially. And it's to almost give tribute to those people that gave of themselves and sacrificed themselves to get us to make us into the world that we are now. That is, but for want of a better, in some ways, much better than the world that it was back then. And a much, I mean, it's difficult talking about this with things going on in the Ukraine, etc., because that's that's awful and all these things. But it's a world Absolutely. they're trying to make, they're essentially giving themselves to try and make the world better than it was before. Sure. Yeah. And it sounds a lot like our Memorial Day, which, you know, that's also a very deep contrast of, you know, honoring those who have given their lives for the betterment of the country and trying to, you know, uphold the the better the the good that their sacrifice did bring to the country but then also you know taking a day off work and enjoying time with people that you care about and having a little fun but also keeping it in the back of your head that you know a lot of this came from a lot of tragedy but we'll honor you by enjoying the benefits that we see from from your sacrifice yeah, it's the whole thing of what you were saying, where you you need um, it, it's almost like scale, like a scale. So you need the darkness sometimes in life to because otherwise, if everything was at this level up here, and you're always like that, it, it'd all be the same. And in, in some ways, it'd be would it be a bit boring? Maybe if you if you are always at this level, it'd be all the same all the time. So you need sometimes these lower periods for those periods where there's extreme joy to actually make its mark, essentially. That's why in life you have these things that you remember, and that's why these things are so important. Oh, absolutely. And I I, I definitely can fall into that trap either when I'm on, you know, like a great vacation or even around like the Christmas time of just wishing, you know, I wish this would just last forever. I wish this was my daily life, but it's like, you know, if that was daily life, I would not appreciate it the way that I do now. It's like you have to have the mundane in order to have the exhilarating and the the things that you spend all year craving and longing for. So take the good with the bad and it makes you appreciate the good even more. It does. So what are your favorite traditions? So with with all holidays baseline, I'm a huge decorator. Um, I have decor of some sort, you know, for pretty much every holiday, even tiny ones like St. Patrick's Day and Easter and uh, for like, you know, the, the patriotic holidays like Memorial Day and Independence Day and stuff. 
Um, so I love, you know, making my apartment feel like the holiday because it just gets me in the mood. Um, the traditions are obviously holiday specific. Um, you know, on the 4th of July, that's always been like a family gathering day. Um, I have a family member whose birthday was on the 4th of July. And so it was always, you know, a birthday party, watching fireworks um, for Halloween. I love going to like a haunted house is always great. Um, on the actual day of Halloween, even though, you know, I'm too old to trick or treat now, um, at least so the rules say, I do enjoy just like going for a walk, like through a neighborhood that, you know, is bustling with trick or treaters, just, you know, seeing everyone's costumes, seeing how excited the kids are. Um, and of course, I have you know, a lineup of movies that I try to watch each Halloween season, you know, either some new horror movies or some of my classics that I go to year after year. And then with Christmas, I mean, I love, you know, decorating my tree. I love going to drive through light displays. I love baking all sorts of holiday cookies and other things that I only eat around that time of year. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it all just comes down to, you know, being with people that you care about and making those traditions and doing things together. And uh, I'm definitely a very routine based person. So I'm, you know, one of those people where like, okay, if I don't, you know, decorate a gingerbread house this year, it's not going to feel like Christmas. So I have to, I have to decorate the gingerbread house. Um, so that kind of stuff never gets boring to me, but I love pretty much all of it. That's great. So have, have we already touched on this like standout episode or a standout moment? I think you might have mentioned this with the seasonal tales, but we'll we'll still see if there's anything that that you really want to put out there for people to check out episode wise. Yeah, so I do think I kind of touched on a little bit, but of course it never hurts to reiterate. But I think my two favorite ones that I've put out so far um is my bloodthirsty valentine which is the uh, valentine's day episode i did this year about vampires i just thought it was really fun i loved talking about it i love you know that kind of stuff vampire culture um just learning about you know how it relates to society and why why we're so obsessed with vampires um and then also the the santa claus the santa swindler episode that i did about the santa claus man um is i think that's my most successful podcast episode to date and um i loved it even before it became the most successful one but um i just i just thought it was a really great topic and such a great book um that i was happy to be able to promote it in some way um so yeah, those are probably the two that stand out. But even going back to like some of my, I'll still go back and listen to like, you know, my first ever episode about the St. Valentine's Day massacre and stuff, just because I still enjoy it. So, so yeah, those two are probably, probably my favorites. I'm going to look at my, uh, my feed now and see if any jump out at me that I really, really enjoyed. Because I've listened to a lot of episodes so far. <laughs> well, thank you. That's okay. Um, so I've listened to them all from when you started in February of last year. And the most recent one I listened to was well, the, the one I mentioned. So I've listened to a year's worth of shows. Right, get out of Unplayed. I'm going to have to edit this. <laughs> there you go. I've jinxed myself now. So what ones have jumped out at me? Um yeah, the, the origin origins of Earth Day. That was that was fascinating. That's from back in April of last year. Yeah, that was one of my and I didn't do an Earth Day episode this year. So that's my go-to uh <laughs> Earth Day. But again, I feel like it's one of those kind of forgotten like holidays, I guess. I mean, I guess it is a holiday, but you know, it has a much like deeper re meaning behind it. And it's not, you know, not a traditional holiday that people are like decorating for and stuff, but um with you know climate change and things like that i thought it was a very relevant um thing to talk about yep i will always always uh be uh, be intrigued in episodes that are about krampus and your your episode about krampus was fantastic as well thank uh, you yeah that was that was such a good fun movie to watch so i was yeah i i always knew about krampus but i had never really 
dove into it, like even just from learning about the origins of the story and stuff on my own. So that was super fun. And yeah, it's Remembrance Day. That was that's what we have Remembrance Day. That's what I was talking about with the poppies. Uh, okay. And, uh, yeah, just just suddenly that's come to mind. Uh, Trick or Terror at Halloween. That was. Yeah, Santa Swindler. Anybody interested? That's the first of November, twenty twenty-two. That episode. Okay, yeah, um, I forgot. I forgot it was that early, but yeah, that's that's right. And uh, yes, the Family Feud as well. That was the oh, the was it the, the Hatfields, Hatfields and the McCoys? Yes. Yep. Yes. That, that that's as well. The, one. That. the new the New Year's Day massacre that I was not aware of. So I thought that was quite fascinating too. Well, there is this. Is it is it a television series, the Hatfields and the McCoys? Yeah, I think there was a television series, and I forget what network it was on. Um, and I never really saw much of it, but um, I had just always, you know, heard about the family. I think there was like a restaurant around here called the Hatfields and the McCoys at some point. Oh, um, and so I think it, it was just always kind of like a part of my general knowledge of history, but I didn't really know that much about the the ordeal between the two families. So I feel much more informed now. It's, it, it, the way you told it, it's almost like um, almost like the Romeo and Juliet story in a sense where you've got, uh, wasn't the one, one of the, was it the girl from one of the families was dating or married to the man, Correct. a man from the other family or something, which had a yep. very, very Shakespearean Romeo and Juliet feel to it. Oh, absolutely. Like an almost like when I read that, I like felt the need to double check that with like multiple sources, because at first yeah. I was like, that seems too juicy to be true, like too good to be true for the my purposes. Um, but it turns out it was true. So I'm like, man, that's no wonder they turned it into so many different, you know, shows, movies, whatever, because that's like stuff you can't make that up. <laughs> no, well, obviously no, because it was real. Yeah. Um, so what advice would you give to anybody if they wanted to start their own podcast? Uh, so the advice I would give is definitely like do your homework and plan. I wouldn't just like plop yourself down and start in front of a microphone and start talking. I mean, if you're if you're if you have that talent to improv that much, like more power to you, but definitely, you know, come up with a solid concept and idea and kind of know the path that you picture your show going down because you don't want to get into it. And then two months in, you feel like you've talked about everything and don't know where to go with it in the future. Um, so definitely take your time, plan things out. Um, I would personally, I would rather listen to, you know six great episodes a year as opposed to like 2000 mediocre ones um so definitely like qu uh, quality over quantity i would say yeah. um and then also just like like i mentioned earlier i think like be your own biggest fan like listen to your own episodes once they're out on spotify or whatever platforms you use and if you find yourself not wanting to listen to it for some reason, then maybe you should question why that is. And if you don't want to listen to it, why would other people want to listen to it? So I think it's an important thing to keep in mind that you have to, at the end of like, first and foremost, you have to entertain yourself and enjoy what you're talking about. And then people will be able to sense that, I think, of, oh, she really enjoys this. And, you know, this is what she wants to be doing, he or she. and. Um, they will in turn then enjoy it as much as you do. Um, but yeah, definitely don't underestimate the amount of work that <laughs> that goes into it. Like I know, and I'm sure many podcasters can relate. I always feel like there's something that I could be doing, whether it's promotion, researching, script writing, looking for music. I mean, there's never a week that goes by where I'm like, oh, I didn't do anything with the podcast this week. <laughs> like, it's definitely basically a part-time unpaid job. Yeah, definitely a job. That's that's true. But like you said, if you're enjoying it, and that's really good advice, actually, that you listen to your own show. And like you said, if you're listening to it and you find yourself drifting off, you know, it's like take notes and think to yourself, why, why am I drifting off? What is it that I don't like about my own show? And how can I change it to make myself interested in it more? And then that builds the show 
in a sense. Absolutely. And I think a great way to do your homework in advance is just listen to as many podcasts as you can, because you can pull other people's, you know, ideas of the, the formats that they use, the way they talk about things. And obviously you're not setting out to copy other people's work, but I, I, you know, I came up with the format and like having the scripted show from listening to other scripted podcasts and seeing how they did it. So listen to podcasts and you'll you'll get some inspiration. Absolutely. So where can people find you and get hold of you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, at Holidays Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and then Facebook. If you just search Holidays After Dark, it comes up. I also have a website, www.holidaysafterdark.com. I also love if people email me ideas or direct message me. So email is Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N at holidaysafterdark.com. But yeah, I feel like I'm pretty out there and reachable. And I always uh, love when people reach out either to give feedback or, you know, like I said, send ideas of stuff to talk about or, you know, even to collaborate or for me to listen to their show too, because I'm always looking for new podcasts. So. You will always get a response from Kristin on, on the social networks. If, if you contact her, she's yes. very quick at responding and yes, very friendly. I, I lived on, I pretty much live on social media for better or worse anyway, I feel like. Um, and I've pretty much, you know, just switched over to all my podcast pages and that's where I hang out now. And like I said, people are just so great to interact with that I, I absolutely love hearing from people and talking to people. That's great. Anyway, you can find Pods Like Us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And we are available, well, I'm available on podslikeus at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you for speaking with me today, Christine. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited that we got to do this finally. I'm, I'm a big fan, and I, I can't wait to see more of what you do. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening, and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Awesome. Yes, sounds good. That's good. That's good. As soon as you start to talk and it's like listening to an episode. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Welcome to my (laughs) walk-in closet. It's my (laughs) recording space because I live in a one-bedroom apartment and it has the best acoustics. So... (laughs) Maybe I should try doing it in the closet as opposed to this back bedroom that's been turned into a into a studio slash office space. Yeah, I like the artwork, but yeah, I've, oh, yeah. the only thing that yeah, sucks yeah. is that I have to like tear everything down and set it back up every time I record just because I don't have the space to keep everything up in my closet all the time because then I wouldn't be able to get in here, but it works. Well, to tear away the curtain, underneath my laptop at the moment is my electronic keyboard, which is like a full-size keyboard for doing music. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. Because I've brought that out of storage, I don't have a space now to put my laptop onto. Okay. It's it's leaning. That's why you've got this strange angle, because it's leaning on top of the keyboard, (laughs) and I'm waiting to get I'm waiting to get like one of those shelves that you can clamp onto. A desk sure <laughs> yeah makes sense but that's okay it works for now yeah it's a shame that you have to keep um doing that every time that you finish the show so so it's almost like straight away or must clear the closet and use it for what it's supposed to be used for yeah no it's it, it works i'm currently house hunting so hopefully when i get into an actual house i'll have like a my plan is to turn one bedroom into a dedicated podcast space, put up some acoustic panels, um, whatever. So yeah, we'll see. But the housing market is still crazy. So <laughs> very expensive everywhere. Oh yeah. yeah. So one day. <laughs>
If you win the lottery, you might have your own area to have a big <laughs> studio with lots of different <laughs> booths. Right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and then have guests in each booth. Uh, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> But uh, it's it's strange, you know, when you see these um, these podcasters actually have their guest there with them. They they visit their own home studio essentially. These guests, yeah, yeah, that would be, yeah, that's like big time in my book because I'm so yeah. far from that. But that's that's how you know you made it. <laughs> there you go, Gil from the Mind Buzz. You've made it. <laughs> yeah, because he has people with him now at home. Sure. <laughs> so uh, I've not posted it yet, but I did listen to another episode on Monday night. I'm in the midst of, of getting the, the blog together for it. Um, what have we got? Uh, let's have a look, give you a bit of a heads up. What was it? Uh, Arnold's apparition. So it was about the Mardi Gras. Yes, 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 yes. I appreciate your support so much and I always love seeing your posts and um but yeah I always greatly appreciate it. Well, it's it's like an extension in a sense of the of the podcast where it's to introduce people to shows that they might not have heard of before and suddenly and be looking for a show about that subject, you know. Right. No, I think it's such a cool and unique idea and it's yeah. Uh, it can be, you know, obviously one of the hardest parts of podcasting can be getting your name out there. So it's great to have someone like you who's taking it upon themselves to promote other people's work because it's very selfless, uh, but very much needed. Um, so I'm sure I speak for everyone when I say that we appreciate it. <laughs> thank, thank you, everyone. But yeah, the <laughs> idea that I've said it before with people, I don't know whether I've put it in the show before and said this, but the idea is that Lots of people do shows like mine to a degree where it's a podcast about podcast. But sure. with me, what I'm trying to do is we get all the technical, but then I always try to delve into the subject matter so mm -hmm. that then that way it's like a soft um, introduction to that person's show, essentially. Sure. That's the idea of that. Oh, yeah. And I think it's a good idea because then that's how you can kind of get people hooked and make them want to listen to the show or whatever, instead of just saying very surface level. But yeah, I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, because there's all sorts of shows that look into the darker side of life. But a lot of these shows, it's like I said to someone the other day, I said, if, if you go online and you look for a podcast about films, you know, sure. you, you can throw a stone in the river and one million, or probably an exaggeration, but there are that many of those sort of shows that yeah. it's who those people are that are presenting the show and how they look at that subject that makes it different to all the other shows. Oh, absolutely. Um, no, I, I was... I've been checking out your show ever since I saw your first post when you started posting about mine. And I was like, well, of course I need to check it out because I just thought it was such a cool idea. And yeah, it's, it definitely is a great way to kind of get a synopsis because I think people finding podcasts on their own is sometimes hard because it's like, where do you start? Like you have an idea in your head of something that you want to listen to, but then unless it's very searchable, searchable, it's kind of a heart, it's kind of an abstract thing to actually accomplish finding that podcast. So that's a great, like more direct way to be like, oh, what he's talking about is something that I wanted to listen to. So now let me go. <laughs> it's a direct link. Yeah. I mean, what I could do actually, you know, I'm thinking on the thinking out of the top of my head now, what I could do now that I have 125, 126 episodes in the can. I could start looking at the different subjects that I've looked into and perhaps do a do something on my website where then I could put different subjects and say, this is where I've had guests who do shows about these subjects and then do so have something on the website that that does that maybe that might be an idea oh, that would be absolutely fantastic, like an encyclopedia of podcasts. And I think it would be so helpful. To so many people who are into listening to them. I'm giving myself work now when I'm <laughs> 72 hours a week working. So. 
yeah, I don't know um, what else. Um, so the, the, you think the uh, the points are okay? The 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 points that I've put, and then I've got these yeah. little bits at the side. Yeah, I thought it looked good. I took a few notes so that when we're discussing, some stuff comes to my mind. But yeah, I thought it was well put together, and happy to talk about all of that. Okay, right. Let's get on with it then. Okay. Okay. okay sounds good. You know, you gave me an idea while you were saying something earlier. Oh yeah, what's that? So when when October comes, I've I've only just thought this. I'm going to try and get a group together to have a chat, and we'll chat about films that we think people should watch for Halloween. I absolutely love it, and I'm 100% on board. Uh, I've done a few group um, podcast recordings now, and I thought it was so fun. And um, yeah, absolutely, count me in. Okay. Anyway, it's now, I'd speak for longer, but it's now 20 to 2 in the morning in the UK. Oh, I, I know. I feel so bad. It's okay. um, but I, I appreciate you accommodating my schedule and yeah, get, get some sleep. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Kristen. You take care. All right. You as well. Thank See you. Ya. Bye.